Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Poems A Penny Each. This week we're going to have a look at the work, um, the, a poem called The Preacher's Daughter by the Irish poet Victoria Kennefick, which is one of those really interesting poems, I think, because it, it takes you on a progressive journey, <clears throat> plays with idea and imagery in such a way that when you, when you get to the end, you're kind of shocked at how you got there in a way. You, you kind of wonder how you got to this end from starting from the beginning. It's quite an interesting thing that plays with your idea and your expectations of what the poem is going to be. And it's, it's quite clever, really. I think, you know, as I've often said, one of the, the, the best compliments any other poet can give another poet is to say I wish I wrote that poem and this is one of those poems um, of course do you know I didn't write it but I do I think that it, it's such a clever clever. she uses so many clever little tricks that you don't even see them coming and that's what I love about this poem so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a poem to you and then we'll talk about the poem itself so just bear with and i shall read the poem to you now the preacher's daughter by victoria kennefick we drank too much pineapple rum straight from the bottle bitch about the red-haired girl the fetish model a preacher's daughter with a thing for unreasonable shoes from her faded patchwork quilt bleeding hearts we watched her mutate into a pvc alice liddell how did she manage in seven-inch patent heels? She was tall as wheat, or the ceiling was low. Cradling a mewing ginger ball, she kissed a mirror where their confederate blue eyes matched. Three scars began to scab on her arm. Deep, big cat scrawls. She told us she cut herself because it's art, and her clients like her that way. We followed her clip-clop down the rabbit hole. Me to hear tales of her running track in those shoes. You to see her white skin even paler under lights. Back in your door room, I am static. You pay to watch her pixelated snow white online. Complain her constant chatter ruined it or her for you. Okay, so that's the poem, uh, The Preacher's Daughter. And... I remember when I started reading this, it, it kind of, when the first time I read it, I was quite shocked by it because I, I wasn't expecting it to go down the turn that it did. And and I really should have, because the clues are all there But in the beginning. But it starts off with this idea of, or the title, The Preacher's Daughter. And I think that the, the term The Preacher's Daughter is a very loaded term, uh, which describes two ideas of of a woman. One is the um, girl who's brought up in a strict religious background and continues to follow that background and is considered by many to be a dull, dowdy, kind of dreary person with no personality. That's how she's depicted um, on TV and in popular culture. And I think that that's a really unfair description of a lot of people who grow up in religious backgrounds and stay, stay a part of that. Because a lot of a lot of these women who are 
daughters of, of preachers and have grown up in conservative religious families are actually great fun but never betraying the morality that they grew up with and and so I think that that's an un, unfair depiction of a preacher's daughter there's the other depiction which has become more popular in contemporary culture and the zeitgeist now and, and that is the idea of a woman who rebels against her her strict religious upbringing or her religious upbringing and whilst putting on the persona of being a good girl is quite bad and quite wicked and almost predatorial in her pursuit of, of sexual encounters and I think that as this poem goes on we, we get to see that this is the image that we're being we're played with but straight away, we're, we're shown that the, the poet isn't particularly happy with this depiction of femininity, this aspect of popular contemporary culture, because her and a friend are drinking too much pineapple rum straight from the bottle, and they bitch about the red-haired girl, the fetish model. So she's a fetish model, and then a preacher's daughter with a thing for unreasonable shoes. That seems to be her description of herself online so she's a preacher's daughter with thing for unreasonable shoes that's her persona so so here we are all of a sudden we get a depiction of her of the the um, fetish model's room from her faded patchwork quilt bleeding hearts we watch her mutate into a pvc alice liddell how did she even manage in seven inch patent heels now Alice Liddell, this is an interesting reference because Alice Liddell was the young girl who became the um, muse for Lewis Carroll when he wrote Alice in Wonderland. Um, there was a lot of talk about him because he took a lot of photographs of her as a child. Um, he took a lot of photographs of her siblings as well. But people seemed to fixate on, on particularly on his interest with Alice she became the Alice in Wonderland of course but for the, for this particular thing it's this idea that here you have a young woman who is posing for photographs for the jollies of a much older man and and so this this is what she is is like this idea of the sweet innocent girl because if you see the photographs of Alice Liddell that Lewis took there they they seem quite innocent they're just photographs of children in Victorian times they're covered from head to toe or whatever but here you have this girl dressed up seemingly she's mutated into a PVC version of Alice Liddell so there's this kind of innocence there again there's the, the the innocence as as you get the idea of a fetish model and a preacher's daughter again if you go with the older fashioned idea of a preacher's daughter being the dowdy kind of dull prudish young woman you have a kind of a juxtaposition there which sits ill at ease with itself and i think that this this kind of is what i get out of the poem and maybe you got something different but as i read the poem i felt that there was this sense of juxtaposition there there was this kind of conflict the idea of like the the prudish preacher's daughter versus the fetish model you have the image of alice liddell a young child um in victorian clothes posing in photographs 
for a, a man who's who is rumored to have an have had an unhealthy interest in her or one of her sisters and and but this innocent child is, is um, mutated into a PVC version of herself. And and even did then the idea, how did she even manage in Peyton Heels? So now we, we have, the, carrying on with the whole idea of the, you know, Alice in Wonderland team, we, we go with the, the shrinking and growing kind of idea here because she was as tall as wheat or the ceiling was low. So... You know, there's the, the the rising and falling like Alice. Again, she draws on the image of Alice shrinking and, 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 and growing. There's the ginger cat there, we're told, because cradling a mewing ginger ball. She kissed a mirror where their confederate blue eyes matched. So, again, drawing on, on the imagery of Alice in Wonderland, here this, this model is performing, she's putting on this performance, and, and, and you don't know what's what, you, you, there's no sense of reality, reality is suspended, even to the point where there's three scars on her arm, that are big, deep cat scratches, but we're told by her that it's, that she's cut herself, because it's art, and her clients like it that way, or like her that way, so, like in in this these middle stanzas, there's this whole sense really of reality has been played with. You you don't know what's real. You don't know really what's happening. Almost, Do, she is she is she tall? Is she is the ceiling low? I mean, even the idea she's she was tall as wheat. I mean, wheat isn't really a very tall thing, but there's it's just this whole unsettling kind of sense of you don't know what is happening you don't know what is real and I keep banging on about this I know I keep repeating myself on that but I just love that imagery because as I'm reading it I really you really do get that that sense of disconnect and it's this whole idea that here we have this girl who's telling us something but we know it's not true it's not true at all they're not like Mark she did not cut herself that's a scratch of a cat you big fat lawyer, and you can almost imagine these two drunk people laughing at her and making fun of her because, like it said at the beginning, they're bitching about her. But even though they're kind of bitching about her and they're not really following or feeling what she's saying here, they still follow along because it says we followed her clip-clop down the rabbit hole. Me to hear tales of her running track in those shoes. You to see her white skin even paler under lights. So they're still following along. They're still tuned in. They're still paying attention. They're still listening to her lies even though they're bitching about her. And making fun of her. But all of a sudden we're not there. And, and this is one of the things I thought. Because to begin with I thought we were in the room with her. We were in, in there with her, but all of a sudden we're not actually in the room with this model. Suddenly we realise <clears throat> why this does this Alice Liddell uh, kind of image, because it's a girl who's actually put paying or getting people to pay to watch her, because where is it? You pay to watch her pixelated Snow White online. So the idea here is 
we're, we're in someone's dorm room, back in your dorm room, I am static. You pay to watch her pixelated Snow White online. So here we have this, this uh, person is paid to watch her. Whether it's a man or a woman, we're never told. Um, sometimes you get the idea you get you get the idea that they've they've paid this to either for their own jollies or just to make fun of her. But even even in in the last line, you're left with this whole idea that actually they're not very happy with it. They're feeling a bit kind of cheated by it. You pay to watch her pixelated Snow White online complain her constant chatter ruined it or her for you. So her storytelling, the narrating, the constant, you know, talk of this girl who's trying to sell this idea of her being a preacher's daughter and this innocent but turned naughty kind of person who has has where you don't know what on earth she's saying because like the the whole thing again going back to the the part there where she's tall as we or was the ceiling low and she's you know cradling a ginger ball and she's kissing the the mirror or the, and then she's telling you that the cuts on her arms are actually not from the cat but you know she she cuts herself you, it's all kind of ruined her heart the patter has ruined the experience of her or the experience of the the show for this other person and and when i read this poem i was absolutely just floored by it because you know there's definitely i think a sense in this poem using alice liddell to talk about a girl who's charging people to watch her undress or perform you know ludax or whatever on on online there is this sense i get this strong sense and and victoria is 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 a very strong feminine feminist poet and i get this sense from her that this is something that she doesn't feel comfortable with and 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 rightly so because it is young women and they're often in their early 20s who are putting up pictures and videos of themselves in states of undress and and in um positions and all of that to mostly being paid by older men to do this mostly being paid by <clears throat> men who are exploiting their need for money and often their their sense that you know there's no harm in this uh, there's nothing but they have become in effect sex workers and and these men are exploiting either the fact that these girls need money quick and and their idea that they're in complete control of what they're doing but as we all know these images once they're there they're never erased they're always somewhere you you have no control over everything that happens so these images of you are always there you will always be exploited by these images even when you're older and you might think you know i regret doing that there's no getting away from them and and does that thing the fact that alice liddell like posing these photographs for for um lewis carroll not his real name but i can't actually think of his name i just do a quick google because i mean that's what you can do nowadays isn't it just a quick google and my internet is really slow so 
instead of it being a quick Google, it's a massive long one. Um, Charles Dodson. There we go. Lewis Carroll's real name, Charles Dodson. So he would, you know, the, the idea that these photographs are there and there's a, like in, in these photographs, it's just innocent photographs of children sitting around in their Sunday best. But there's always this kind of, you know, backstory to them. Well, unfortunately for a lot of these camera girls, those pictures will never go away. So when they're older and they're, they're you know, maybe they might have careers or whatever these pictures will come up they will never be erased and and that's something that maybe they don't quite appreciate right now we all make mistakes when we're when we're younger that looking back we go you know what i wish i did it i have a tattoo that i wish i never had to be honest at the time i was like i'll never regret this and now here i am 20 years later gone do you know i wish i never had the tattoo <laughs> it's it that's how it works and and i really get this sense from victoria's poem that she doesn't really quite feel comfortable with this. Uh, the other thing that I get from this poem, which I really loved, is the idea that we tell ourselves stories to sell ourselves to other people, for other people to like us and to take us in. And the, the, the preacher's daughter here is doing that. She's telling a story with the hope that, she, that her viewers will take her in. And we can either buy the story and, and and believe it or we can be cynical and as victoria and and her friend were were and and bitch about it and and you know sometimes unfortunately the patter that we tell other people when we're trying to sell ourselves to them and have interactions with other people can kind of ruin the whole deal people have built up an idea about us in their head now i just love that there's i mean especially when you think this was written five years ago or published five years ago and and this phenomena has exploded since then and and even now in 2020 when we're living our lives mostly through screens and our interactions with other people are through screens whether it's zoom calls whatsapp facebook whatever it is instagram you name it our main interactions with other people are now through screens we shop through screens a lot of people work through screens and have business meetings and and even religious gatherings are done through screens now because th this is what life is like this year and and in in doing this sometimes we build up expectations of what a person is and then the reality lets us lets us down but we like to tell ourselves these stories and we sometimes we just like to believe the stories that were told and other times the stories ruined i love this poem i think this poem does so much i think that if you read this poem and and try to, to interpret it your own way you will get a lot out of it so that's my poem for this week victoria Knefik's wonderful if not unsettling the preacher's daughter the links are there please go and read it thank you very much for listening to this week's episode don't forget to rate the podcast and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the links in the show notes for more information about the poet and to read the poem we looked at this week. And also check out the link to learn more about my poetry. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, stay safe.